Kennesaw, please welcome Devin Nunes. Thank you. Thank you everybody for being here. Thank you for welcoming us to Georgia. I think this is about our 10th stop on the Freedom Tour. Uh, thank you so much. People are coming out from all over America. Every event that we do, think about this, Saturday morning, all of you are out here taking your time to participate uh, in your own government. So thank you all for being here this morning. Uh, we're going to have a great show for you today. And as always, we have all of our friends out there that are watching on Rumble, one of the only free platforms. Nobody wants to go to YouTube. Everybody wants to go to Rumble now. So we've got people across the country and across the world watching this live on, on Rumble. So without uh, further ado, I didn't want to be up here by myself the whole time. Sometimes I'm up here during these the whole time. Sometimes I'm not. Today I'm going to be up here the entire time. Uh, but I decided I really can't do this by myself. So I had to get a cowboy guy. So we, we flew him in from Nebraska, rural Nebraska. He rode his horse all the way here. Trent Luce, voice of rural America. What's the real story? I'm not buying the fact that you can't do this without a cowboy. Well, I think people just like you in general. So <laughs> okay, why we had him say that? Here's so the we, guy you're gonna like. We started out in California. Uh, we did a big freedom festival. Uh, we brought Trent in because he represents rural America. I come from the heart of the of California, the San Joaquin Valley. I call it the breadbasket of the solar system. Uh, this guy goes around all over rural America, uh, taking issues of rural America. Uh, out to the people and then relating that back to to government so he does a great job uh, representing farm country so thanks for being here Trent in Georgia not a lot of farms right here in Kennesaw but there's guns but <laughs> one leads to the other but I, I want to just take that a step further because since our freedom tour our freedom fest we had in Tulare and I think I've contributed to this problem throughout the years want to pit rural versus urban and the truth of the matter is that we need each other and I had a tremendous awakening this summer with a dear friend from Newark, New Jersey. We went on a tour for 70 days. And if rural and urban doesn't come together, then we don't succeed as the United States of America. So that's really what we're doing here, is continuing to find the places where we agree and need each other and go forward as one country. United we stand. Well, thank you all for being here. Now let's welcome your Congressman, Barry Loudermilk. Barry, thanks a lot for uh, inviting us in to Kennesaw here in Georgia. Uh, it's really an honor uh, for you to, to spend time with us, but there's a lot going on uh, right now. Everybody knows this. Everybody's following this big Pelosi blowout budget bill. Uh, Barry, you're on the front lines of this. Uh, give us your take on where we stand now. Well, the, the fact that they haven't got it done shows that we're winning right now, and it's not as much what we're doing, it's what they're doing. It's, it's the American people realizing what is in this monstrosity. Look, a few weeks ago, I was talking to my staff, and they're like, well, we need to get out there. This thing is not $3.5 trillion, it's $5 trillion. I'm like, look, quite honestly, that's so much money. People just, I mean, I can't comprehend what a trillion dollars is. You know, what's in the bill that affects them personally and individually beyond just their grandchildren having to pay off this massive debt? We start digging into it, and we find out, well, it doubles the size of the IRS. Now keep this in mind, there's 19,000 Border Patrol agents, 19,000 nationwide. There's already 75,000 people in the IRS. This will double the IRS. Why? Because it empowers the IRS to spy on everyone's bank account. 
to spy on your bank account to try to determine if you are evading your taxes or not. But it's it's a huge empowerment, a stripping away of our rights and freedom. And the way they're talking about doing this is that it over any amount that, that goes over a certain dollar amount, the banks would be required to report that to the IRS. So you can imagine they could investigate any American that they want. And that's got to be their plan, right? It I mean, is, there's it no is. other reason to double the size of the IRS and have the banks send all that information. Well, and they're saying is to have enough auditors to monitor all the information the banks are sending. And of course, the banks are opposed to it because the, they, they understand it's a violation of your privacy. They also understand the, the level of compliance they have, what happens when a cyber uh, criminal gets your information, who's liable. I mean, there's a lot of issues with it, but rest assured, the Biden administration has heard you, and they don't like it because originally it was if you had $600 in your account, that was the trigger. I mean, who doesn't have $600 in their account at some point? Then it was, well, if you spend anything $600 or more, then that has to be reported. Well, you pushed back on that, so they've changed it to $10,000. But it's, it's if you take in or spend $10,000 over the entirety of the year. So it sounds better, but it's actually getting worse all the time. The point is, they're hearing the outcry of Americans saying, we do not like this at all. That's not going to stop them from pushing forward, but it has given pause, and they haven't been able to get it through yet. So Congressman, my bank usually calls me and says, Trent, you're $600 short, so I think I'm probably okay. But You've probably it, never had 600 in your account. You'd be fine. That's because you don't pay me to come here. But anyway. i got to uh, get you a new hat. Well, you are not touching my hat. So, but in conservative circles, we talk about we need less government. We need less government. Right. And on all of our watches, as citizens, as congressmen, under every presidential administration for the last 40 years, we have grown government exponentially. How do we turn it around? Well, the, and, and this is, I'm glad you asked that question because this is something that's been the core of what we've been doing since we've been in Congress. You've got to get to the root of the problem. So, yeah, we've grown financially because we just don't have fiscal responsibility. We need to balance budget amendment to do that, and we've put one in ever since I've been in Congress. But the real root of the problem is you can't fire anybody from the federal government. It's almost, it's almost impossible to fire a bad employee. Trump found this out the hard way. He could not get rid of the people who were actually opposing him within the various administrations. You can't – it takes – it takes almost a year to get back rid of a bad employee, and if they appeal that, they can extend it out another year. I found out about this when I was on the Homeland Security Committee. We were looking at the Homeland Security budget, and there was this line item that was $380 million. So I asked the secretary, what is this? And he said, I'm actually glad you asked that. That's $380 million that we paid employees to stay at home and not come to work. This was in 2015. They had done something so bad they lost their security clearance. There's no jobs in Homeland Security that you can have without a security clearance. The janitor has a security clearance to get in the building, right? Well, they did something so bad they lost their security clearance, but it takes 360 days to process them off of payroll, and then they find out, well, we can appeal to the Merit System Protection Board, and since the Merit System Protection Board has not had a quorum, since I've been in Congress, there's no one to appeal to, so they get another year of paid vacation at taxpayer expense. Unless you're not vaccinated, then they can get rid of you. That's right. And, this, and that, hey, that may be the reduction of the federal workforce right there, but we introduced the Merit Act, which basically puts the same level of principles that you would have in your business. It's 30 days 
If you've done something wrong, it could be you're not performing. You're not showing up for work. We've had people that are running truck in the Department of Transportation, running private trucking companies from their desk, doing more private work than public work. Whatever it is, you're out of there in 30 days. You can appeal, but the Merit System Protection Board has 30 days to make the difference. 60 days, we get rid of the bad employees. I continue to carry this blueprint in my pocket. And, and it's something that I wanted to bring up because I feel like too many of us just sit back and say, it's your job to fix that. It's my job to take care of what's happening in my school board and my county commissioner exactly. and have a relationship with the sheriff. And by the way, thank you to the sheriff's department for being here and fulfilling their duty to the citizens of this county. But that is what I think we've got to get back to. And that's one of the positive aspects we've seen out of the Biden administration. I was telling our folks backstage, you know, the Biden administration isn't what we wanted, but it may be what we actually needed in this Ameri in this nation because it has wakened so many people to the socialism that has been creeping into us. They just push the accelerator now and they're going overboard. But um, the positive aspect is we're seeing a return to federalism. You look at Florida, Georgia, they're saying, look, federal government, if you're not going to do something, we'll do it. If you're not going to secure the border, we'll do it. So we're seeing more and more people take on, especially the states and certain governors, taking on the responsibilities that they really should have. And if you want to stop CRT, stop it at the school board. Get Tell your school board, you know, elect people who believe in liberty and who believe in equal opportunity to your school board. That's the way you stop things. So Barry, I want to make sure because you know we've got a four-vote majority in the in the House, right? We're four votes away. Um, we have it's a 50-50 tie in the in the Senate. So this thing is right on the wire, right? So it's you you mentioned it's not just about the five trillion dollars. They're going to pare that down. They're going to basically pretend that that money is going to be less. But what they're doing they're they're playing some real gimmicks in here. So it's not just about the IRS spying issue, there's other gimmicks that they're doing to add new programs to Medicare that's going to continue, that will bankrupt Medicare. There's no possible way. They have to know this. You know, it's headed towards bankruptcy now. But I think walk our audience uh, through just some of your highest concerns that are outside of the spending and outside of the IRS spying. Right. And the gimmickry is, Nancy Pelosi's the queen of gimmickry. I mean, this the budget that's set up for this reconciliation package, the spending package, we didn't even have debate or vote on it. I sent out a video to many of you on this. What Nancy Pelosi did is brought a procedural motion to the floor, and in that, in that motion was the language that if this passes, it will have deemed the budget to have passed. With no debate, no vote. She did the same thing on the debt ceiling increase. This is all gimmickry because they know how bad this bill is, and they've got a lot of folks that would be very vulnerable. They especially don't want you to know what is really in it. There's something else that we've picked up on. Of course, they're going to spy on your bank account, but there's tree equity. There's billions of dollars for tree equity. They want to protect trees, but not you. There's also amnesty for millions of illegal immigrants coming into the nation. Blanket amnesty. So is the further we dig into this, the more we're finding that this is, this is the bill that will set up a socialist state in America. I mean, this is the, we have to do everything we can to stop this. Now, if they, initial, if they inevitably get something through, it isn't the end. It just it makes us have a whole lot more work to do when we're not in the minority party, we're in the majority party next year. We got a lot of work to do to get this nation on track because they are quickly running to big government socialism.
Well, this tree equity thing is, is interesting because I'm in the part of California that's burning down. We don't hardly have any trees <laughs> left anymore, so I'm not sure what they're going to secure. They've done a good job of letting them all burn. Well, and they're also creating, the. if you go back years ago, there was a Civilian Conservation Corps. The CCC did a lot of work, like Alatoona was built by the CCC. They're recreating the CCC, but it's the Climate Civilian Corps. Climate Civilian Corps, and this is the irony. They claim that they're going to create thousands of jobs with this bill. We have 10 million jobs available in this country right now we can't fill. And the economist just came out and said, this bill will cost $8 million. So the way that they're going to solve the employment crisis in this nation is just eliminate $8 million or 8 million jobs. I mean, this is their way of thinking. It's all government control, centralized government. In fact, uh, as we've been fighting uh, the takeover of elections that uh, that Pelosi's been pushing, and, and I served in the military during the Cold War, and the one theme of the Soviet Union was centralized government. That's what communism is, socialism, centralized government. The Democrats on House Administration Committee used the term centralized government as what their goal was over and over again. So they're not even hiding behind the idea of communism and socialism as their goal. See, I was going to be a little critical of you calling it socialism when I see it more parallel to communism of the past. I've talked to friends this past two weeks in the petroleum business, our infrastructure and supply chain for getting oil from the soil refined into our gas stations has completely been crippled. They tell me within two months we're going to see access a problem, not just price. And we see what's happening in the supply chain with the food. Communist countries control energy and food. That's how you control people. And that is at play right now. What do we need to do about that? Well, one thing is let every one of your neighbors know why they're paying $3 plus at the at the gas pump every time you fill up. That's a Georgia number for those yeah. of you watching on Rumble. <laughs> it's a Georgia number in California where five dollars plus and even higher in, in some areas. And and one idea is if we you know a lot of these gas pumps they have the little TV screen running. Why don't we start putting ads on there? You tired of paying this much for gas? It's Joe Biden's fault. <laughs> I mean that's how you get to the people when you go to the store and there's nothing on the shelf. Uh, uh, Pete Buttigieg, the transportation secretary, who took paternity leave in the middle of this crisis and with, with barges sitting off the coast of California, he said that the, 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 uh, the lack of having food and the, the prices going up is evidence that Biden's economic plan is working. Oh, It only works if that's what you're trying to accomplish to get the socialism, that the government becomes the only solution to the problem. It's because it's failing is why we're there. And then the Washington Post came out and said, American people, you just need to be patient. You just need to be patient. There's not enough people at the, uh, at the restaurant to serve you, or there's not enough food on the shelves. You just need to be patient. It's your fault. No, it's the government's fault. It's big government socialism is the fault. We have to continue to fight it back, but the real fight actually happens throughout America with the people stepping up and saying, this is not our country. This is not what we're about. We're going to return to the principles and the ideas of our founders that empowers the individual to solve our problems. Ronald Reagan said government is not the solution. Government is the problem. And I nearly caused Maxine Waters' head to explode two days ago when I kept bringing that point up over and over and over again in committee hearing. 
So I learned something about Barry. He got the name. He's named after Barry Goldwater, one of the early conservatives. Uh. And I like to say that California, we were the home to Ronald Reagan conservatism, and now we're having to go across the country to warn everybody about what's happening in California. But Barry, thanks a lot for being a great sport. Thanks for the great crowd today. Uh, and thanks for what you're doing and, and having us here. Well, Devin, thanks for taking the time to come in, coming down here. We appreciate all you guys are doing. God bless America, and we're going to win. We're going to win. God bless. Barry, Barry Goldwater, Loudermilk. <laughs>